Welcome back in listeners to another episode of Whisper in the Wings. We have a jam-packed fun episode for you today. Uh, joining us is the star of a new play, Powerhouse, which is playing at ART New York Theaters at the Girl Theater. Uh, joining us is Laura Shoup. Uh, Laura, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us today. Good morning. Thank you for having me here. I am so excited. I'm already having such a blast as we were talking before we started recording. I'm this is so much fun already, so I can't wait for everything that comes <laughs> next. Um, but you have a you're you're starting a new play called Powerhouse. Um, the information that was sent to me, I mean, the picture alone, <laughs> right off the bat, I was like, okay, wait a minute, what? It's dramatic, like dark and then you just see this pair of underwear on a sword and I was like okay and then I went on to read more about it and I was like hey like let yes yeah she's me that's me on the cover there so (laughs) this sounds amazing can you tell us a little bit more about your show powerhouse yeah um so powerhouse is a play about I play uh Regan Van Riper I am a high-powered female uh partner in like a big time law firm, uh, New York City law firm. I'm head of mergers and acquisitions um, at our firm. And uh, when we when we join the play, I'm um, closing a huge deal, like the hugest deal in a very long, in decades. Um, you know, I say, I imagine it'd be like if Amazon was buying Fox um, and I'm I'm head of it and I'm closing it. And I'm also having uh, an affair with a much younger associate whom I mentor, which is a no-no. Um, and so, uh, and we we sort of get found out. Um, and so there's a lot on the line. There's my job, there's this deal, there's our firm. Um, and at the, you know, behind all of that is a love story. And so it's a lot, um, it's a lot of fun to play. She's a, she's a hell of a like badass character. Um, and it's so much fun to play someone who is sort of like standing in the middle of a hurricane and trying to like manage it all in the span of a few days. Um, and, you know, our, our cast is like amazing and we've had so much fun playing with this show and, you know, theater so beautiful i mean i could go on and on <laughs> that's the gist of what's going on there and it is a jam-packed cast i mean you've got an actor from bull an actor from mm-hmm. gypsy i mean yeah th- this the cast alone is worth going to see but then like you oh, said yeah. you throw in this crazy story yeah and i i shouldn't say crazy i mean i'm sh- I, this is a real story let's be real this you know that this this has either happened or is happening and it's, I love the approach that this playwright is taking, especially because it's not, from what I've gotten, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, it doesn't seem like it's a sh- from a, a standpoint of shame, but more of an empowerment. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's really, I think that's really the sort of the root of, of the theme of this play. It's, um, you know, sh- David, our, our writer, really sort of questions these sort of traditional roles of men and women in the workplace and in male dominated cultures and, and kind of like flips it in, um, in like a really interesting way. And I think that's, 
hopefully what the audience will be sort of thinking about when they leave. Amazing. So I've had a few actors on the show lately and, you know, theaters, which I'm going to say theaters returned. Oh yeah. So how did you as an actor come upon the show? I, uh, I was sent this play and um, I read it a few times and um, I just, I kept going back to it and rereading it and thinking, wow, you know, I don't, I don't, I've never, certainly never played any characters like this. I don't know a lot of characters like this that are, that are, are, that I'm seeing. Um, And she was really, I just wanted to play like a balls to the wall kind of strong isn't even the word. I mean, she is a powerhouse. And I just thought like this, I mean, I have to, I have to explore this character. She's, she's just such a, she's a force. I love that you, you, you delve into the character, Reagan, right? Reagan. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to know, you know, you just left off with, she's such a force. How did you, what was it like developing her as a character? It was so fun. Um, you know, I think also part of the reason, one of the reasons I really wanted to do this is because um, it's a challenge. If this isn't, you know, a world that I, I, I have a, a Bachelor of Fine Arts in dance. So, I mean, this isn't like a world that I'm really all that familiar with. And I thought, oh, how much fun would it be to, to really sort of delve in and, and, and create this life? Um, and developing, it was a lot of fun. I spoke to a lot of um, female attorneys in high-powered positions in big law firms uh, to research Regan. And it, I, my mind was blown by not only what these women have accomplished in their careers, what they do on a day-to-day basis, but more, you know, more interestingly, um, because this is another one of the themes of the play, is like, you know, this, this male-dominated world the sexism that they face, uh, you know, the pressures that they have as women in this culture. Um, I, I, I mean, the stories were really, I mean, like really eye-opening. I was like, wow, I am, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I kept saying that every time I would talk to one of these women, I would say, I, didn't, I just don't know how you do it. I, I am so inspired by them. So yeah, that was, that was really fun to develop Regan in that way. Yeah, I like that you 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 kind of brought up the gender dynamic that exists in in the law world or the high power law firm kind of. Yeah. I was just thinking, you know, if a woman fails or trips up, it's because she's a woman. And ah, see, you weren't supposed to make it. If a man does it, it's it's okay, buddy. It was just a little too much for you. We'll help get you back on your feet. And it's like take yeah. the gender role out of it. Yeah, there it's was a lot people. of that. There was a lot of stories I heard about, you know excuses being made for men that wouldn't necessarily have been made, mm-hmm. you know, had it been her. Um, and, and sort of this, you know, this like boys club that exists, that is, you know, one woman I spoke to is like, you know, when everybody goes out to like cigars and steak dinners, like I, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily the one who's going to get invited to those. You know, I've had to sort of push a lot harder to be able to be in the room. Um, and that's, I mean, we're talking like, you know, these women have been years and years of doing this and most of them have now 
gotten to the point in their careers where they can sort of sit back and be like, I've proven myself. I don't have to do this anymore. Um, but it's interesting that those standards really are still alive in that culture. Um, and, you know, hopefully, hopefully our play will change all of that. Yeah. Cause it's literally the, the words versus actions. We we are sitting here talking about it and I hope that listeners are hearing it and being like, Oh, that's so wrong. And I'm like, exactly. You hear it and you go, it's wrong. But when you see it, do yeah. you have that same reaction? Because yeah, there in the lies the problem. Yeah. I mean, they would tell me stories and I'd be like, really? Did that really happen? And they're like, Oh yeah, this happens every day. And I'm like, wow, it's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a reason these stories continue to exist because they come mm-hmm. from someplace of truth. Mm-hmm. So speaking of, of truth, what is the message or thought that you're hoping that audiences will leave with? I think I would like to have audiences leave with, you know, questioning why these traditional roles exist, still exist and what we can do to demand to change them. In fact, my character almost sort of poses that question to the audience. Like, what are you ready to do? What are you willing to do? I'm doing this. What are you willing to do to challenge these sort of archetypes um, of these traditional roles? Um, you know, I also, I think about, you know, when I was sort of coming up in a, a young woman in New York City versus a lot of the women that are coming up now, they have so much more, I think, like agency and ownership and like self-confidence than maybe what my generation had when we, you know, I first moved to New York and I was doing it. And it's it's like, this is for you, I think. You know, I think let, let me be... Um, you know, let me be a role model for you that like this kind of change is possible um, because I think they are like primed and ready for that. Um, that is, yeah, I, I can't agree more. I, it's weird. <laughs> it's weird being on the other side of <laughs> and um, just looking back even 10, 20 years at the way the world was and the way the world is now and and the fight that's been fought by people to get us here now we have a lot of work still to do i don't want to discredit that but you know social media can be a a very very good tool for good and you look back at some of these things from like the 90s say and you're like how was that a thing how was that okay what in what world is that okay and that was just you know 20 years ago 30 years ago I mean, think about the movies that we watched and some right? of you know some of the things that we I mean think about it now like I wouldn't show these movies to my kids. <laughs> and when we grew up in that world and then yeah. look how we turned out and it's like yeah. how did we get from here to here? Yeah. Clearly something motivated us to change. And so I love that your show is is wanting to keep going is is saying that it isn't done yet. Don't get don't get stagnant. And and this is why yeah, you know, here's here's an instance. Yeah, I think that also, um, you know, I asked this question of a lot of the women that I spoke to. I was like, you know, how did Me Too change? How did the Me Too movement change your life? Um, and for some of them, they're like, eh, not a lot. I think that, but I think, as you know, from my perspective, as you mentioned social media, Me Too has changed. I think our business a oh, lot. Yeah drastically um in a good way of course um and i think that me too is starting to change 
that culture, but there's just still such a level of discrimination and harassment that just, just goes so unreported because people are afraid of getting fired or people are afraid of losing a deal or, and it's, you know, that this plays into our play as well. Um, but it's, it's interesting how, you know, hopefully that's another thing that gets a little bit challenged um, that I think this play speaks to is like, again, having agency over your life and what happens to you and, and moving your career forward in a, a safe way, you know, in a safe and strong and healthy way. Yeah. And I'm, I'm assuming, cause I haven't seen the show yet, but mm-hmm. what it sounds like to me and I appreciate it, is that the, that the play is not romanticizing the affair as a tool to further this intern's career. There's genuinely just, we we're just having an affair. There's no quid pro quo in this. It's no, just, no. And I, and I mean, like I said, the, the, behind all this is a love story. Um, I think if it was just like sex and power and stuff, it would be, that would be, I don't know, not as interesting. Exactly. You know, I think Regan, Regan has such a, a, a shell, a facade that she wears when she's Regan, the lawyer. And she's able to really drop that when she's with Guy. Um, and in one point she, she says, like, I'm a mess without you. She would never have admitted something that she was a mess outside of her apartment. You know what I mean? And I think that's what brings sort of like a warmth to the show is that she really does have a vulnerability that she doesn't get to really show anyone once she walks out of her apartment. Oh, so that see that that is OK, cool. I'm on board. I'm on board. <laughs> so then I want to wrap up this first part of the interview by asking, um, who do you hope have access to the show? Well, of course, I want everyone to see it. Everyone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I think, you know, I, I think female role models to women who are coming of age, are, I mean, it, it's everything. I had them, you know, women coming up now have them. I, for some reason, this morning, I was thinking so much about Serena and how much she has like changed the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that my performance in this play will do that, but I would love it if if someone could like look at this character, if, if a young woman or young man could look at this character and be like, oh, wow, that's like someone who is really breaking through the glass ceiling and, and, and like maybe I can too. And so that's, that's why I would love to have access, you know, to, to our show and to our story. switch gears a little bit now and i want to give our listeners a chance to get to know you um the famous laura shoop uh notable star of the stage um and 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 i i'll have to fangirl later because um when we talked before we were talking about your performance as maria in flying over sunset most recently Mm -hmm. um but actually uh i have seen you in other things but we'll we'll have to speak on uh, off air on that okay uh, I, I want to talk now about you and I want to know what shows in the past have inspired you 
or or that you love. And I'll also, also open it up to playwrights and composers if you have any favorites there. Um, oh, this is so hard. Um, I've been so lucky. I mean, I I can really say I've worked with like the best of the best. And um, well, I'll say, I mean, I'll say my favorite show is and always will be Chicago. I saw it when I first moved to New York and I want to be in that show so bad. Badly. So if anybody's listening, I'm available after this show is over. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I um, It's my favorite show. Um, I really love. All right. So I guess things that I've seen recently. Um, boy, I have been busy and I haven't seen a lot. I've been I have two kids. So I, now I try to find shows that I can take them to. Um, so we just saw Come From Away, which I think I'm maybe the last person to see. <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. I took two of my friends who are also panelists on the show uh, to see that show for the first time last week. And they couldn't believe it. And I was like, I it's 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 been playing on a loop at my home right now. Um, Yeah, it really. Oh, that that was really that really stood up. I took my daughter to see six, which was so fun. Um, I would say that one of the best things I've seen in, in the past year would be the Lehman trilogy. I, 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 that was a show and is a show that has just, st- I find myself thinking about it. Unfortunately, I can't recommend it because it's not, um, playing anymore, but the storytelling and the craftsmanship with which that show was produced. I just, I mean, I can't, I can't, I, I, I marvel at it. The storytelling and the way and the set and how mm-hmm. and how that show was a long show and it like went so quickly. You know, you can always tell when it's good storytelling. Three and a half hours and not feel like three and a half hours. Yeah. And you're like, I could actually stay and see like see more. Yeah. Um, it really that show really blew my mind. And I hope I hope there's a way to see it again, because I feel like I could go see it 10 more times and find. I think they're remounting it in in the West end. And I have a feeling they'll, they'll film it. Let's go. Oh my gosh. Absolutely <laughs> done. Let's just Book go. Oh. <laughs> and those three actors, the way they embodied so many different characters. I loved uh, snow. Was it? He won the Tony. Yes. And he played all the female roles and I was living for it. I was like, of all three of these guys, I you are know. playing all the women. And then the potato, the guy that played the potato was my favorite guy of all of them because he was <laughs> the one that got to be the cool guy with the glasses and that. And I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, Please keep going. Yeah, it was amazing. It was really amazing. Um, you know, you asked about writers and composers. I mean, I, I worked on Flying Over Sunset for over five years. I, I was wow. I was involved in like the second reading when it was just one act and... Um, we did it at uh, in Martha's Vineyard and to watch that show develop and to work with those like titans of the theater, um, James Lapine, Tom Kitt and Michael Corey. I just, I fell in love with, with, you know, it's called flying over sunset. At one point I remember turning to Tom and saying, it sounds like, it sounds like flying. Like, how did you do that? I, I, it, it was magical to watch that. And, and Michael's, Michael Corey's lyrics that I got, I would just, you know, was so privileged to sing every night. I mean, I'm still sort of just like so moony over the whole experience. And, 
and working with James Lapine and I had done Into the Woods before. So I, I was already like super fan and, um, you know, just to live with that show for so long. It's it's kind of like maybe at the top of my list. I really I really loved it. It was a it was a different show, but it was beautiful all at the same time. The movement is the thing that stands out to me the most. The mm-hmm. dancing and the shadows. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you really got taken on a trip <laughs> yeah. along with the actors. And I just remember leaving after seeing everything else that season going, this is completely different than everything. I need some time to digest this. Yes, that's what we're going for. <laughs> yeah. We both my wife and I left and I was like, I, I can't write my notes just yet because I need time to just what did I see? What did I take in? And, you know, as I was leaving, I was hearing mixed opinions from everyone around. I said, wait, wait, don't talk yet. Just wait. Let it settle. <laughs> Let this it isn't the show that you leave and you go, ah, da, da. I said, this yeah. is meant to just sit there for a minute. Mm-hmm. And then you go, oh, yeah, uh, you know, and that I love a show that gives you a different you know, takes you on a different journey. Yes. And that, that James Lapine's great at doing that. And like you said, Tom Kitt, I just, yeah, Tom Kitt is one of my favorite composers. I, and he's such a nice guy too. He's like the greatest guy and he's like a dad. And yeah. like, I don't know, I just adore him. He is the dad of musical theater because he's like, <laughs> it's like, you created something great. Ah, me, nah, have you seen this person? I'm not, you know, oh, I can't think of that actor who, it's always like in the background of like A-list actors. And it's like, can someone tell him that he's also an A-list actor? And I feel like that's Tom Kitt. And I'm like, do you know how many great shows you've created? And oh, he's like, so humble. He's so humble. Yeah. I can't wait to see uh, Almost Famous. Me too. I've got a few friends in that. And then I'm, I mean, not that I needed them for a reason, but I was like, oh my God, Tom Kitt. Absolutely. I know. I'm there. I'm there. What you you kind of already answered my next question, but are there any other shows you wanted to tie into this? Of have you seen anything great theater lately? Um, any other shows you might want to recommend? Oh, this is I. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm terrible because I live in Westchester. Now that I live in Westchester and I have two kids, I I don't um, like I said, I don't get in unless I'm going to see like six with my daughter. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I you know what I want to do? I want to go revisit some of the I have to see Phantom before it closes I just must I've seen it I think I've seen it four times but you know what like I'm going to see Phantom again I have to it's like an icon it's a New York icon yep um so that's on my list what is your favorite part about working in the theater oh you know I I and now that I live in 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 the suburbs and I I feel like I have I, I sort of like cross the the county border under Westchester and it's like such a different sort of life that I live um out here but when I cross the border back into New York and I think like like I can't believe this is my life I can't believe I get to do this I can't believe that you know the great thing about New York is that everybody's sort of driven to something it's not just I could say it's like an energy yes it is an energy but people are driven. They are like driven to get somewhere and do something and change and shake up. And I feel like theater is just like the most wonderful, uh, like mixing pot for that. It's like, bring your ideas and let's talk about it. And let's, you know, all these plays you just mentioned and those themes, like let's, let's really dig in and like, 
and 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 talk about these like really important topics that don't get discussed. And I think that's one of my favorite things about being in theater. I, I also just love the community. I mean, I don't consider myself a, a you know particularly religious person, but I feel like the community of artists that I am so blessed to work with, um, you get closer to them than you, I spend more time with them than I do with my husband. And you, you, you know, it's, it, there's such an intimacy there. Um, and it's, it's just rare. It's like, it's only in, it's only there. And then it's over and it's so ephemeral. Um, you know, once our play closes, you know, I don't get to see these people every day. Um, and it's just, you know, it's special. It's special because it's fleeting. And I think that's what, you know, it, it makes it um, so precious in that way. Yes. I want to ask you my favorite question. Uh, I love asking guests. <laughs> I, I mean, this is one of our, 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 our main points of our show. Um, what is your favorite theater memory? Okay. I, this is so hard, but I, I, I'll give you one. Okay. Just because it's top of mind that we were just talking about Into the Woods. Um, but this is a very hard question because I've been very lucky and I've gotten a lot of really good ones. But so I was doing Into the Woods in the park. Ooh. And um, I am going to cry talking about this. Wow. I didn't expect to be crying at 10 something in the morning. But um, I remember standing on our set and hearing no one is alone. I'm going to cry. Uh, and hearing no one is alone and looking up at, at a full moon, there was a full moon that night. And I thought, <laughs> I thought it, this is like this moment, this moment, like there is, this is, the, there's nothing better than this moment right now. And I will never forget it. Like, and that song is, I've carried that song with me through my whole life and loss and, you know, losing people that I love and just hearing that song sung and looking up at the full moon. I just, I was like changed forever. Oh, and was this, was this in the park in Central Park? Yes. Yes. You have got to be the cityscape and then the full, oh yes. my gosh. I'm telling you, see? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, it was a perfect moment in my life. It I really can't was. wait for your book to come out. Well, it's the it's the best memory until you make your Chicago debut, of course. Right? Um, <laughs> Anybody listening right now? <laughs> well, are there any other productions or projects that you have coming down the line that we we can plug for you or that we can help promote? Um, let's see. I I'm let's see. I've been doing a bit of TV since um the pandemic so there i do actually just had a an episode of fbi air actually last week but i'm sure you could probably catch it again um and i'm on an episode of the good fight which i think you can now stream um as far as theater, thank you um you know what i've never done of course now i'm saying this out loud i'm, I'm gonna have to do it um i've never done a concert like at 54 below or like an, uh, like a solo concert. And so I'm, you know, kicking around some ideas. Um, you know, now I 
said it and I'm going to have to do it. I've never been to 54 below. Give me a reason to go. I'm just. Oh, really? Oh, it's great. It is great. It's great. And I, it's, it's the, it's terrifying to think of the prospect of doing this, even though I've been on stage like a thousand times. Um, The idea of doing a solo show is like terrifying, which means I absolutely must do it. Um, So yes, hopefully that will be coming up in the works in the next, I don't know, season or two. All right. I'm, I'm going to keep an eye out for it. My I'm gonna send you an invite. audience debut and I'll be just, I know that it's, it's like a supper club because I, I love Michael Feinstein. I've met him a couple times. Mm-hmm. And so now that he's been, a, now he's a partner with the club and that I've always wanted to go. And there's been yeah, several performances and I'm like, Oh, I should go, but I've always had plans, but I would love to go and just sit and. Just- yeah. I've, I've done, I've participated in a few concerts there and it really is talk about a warm audience. I mean, everybody there is just like eating and drinking and just like, and it's all lush and like beautiful and velvety mm-hmm. in there. And so it's like, everybody there is just want to have a good time. Yeah. And so, yes, that's, that's hopefully on the docket for. I love it. So if our listeners want to get more information about your show, um, Powerhouse, or they want to get more information about you or reach out to you, how can they do that? Uh, You can go to powerhouseplay.com to purchase your tickets. You can also go to manhattanrep.com, a little more information on the play. Uh, You can find me on social media, the Laura Shoup. Um, I have a website, laurashoop.com. I'm on Instagram. Amazing. <laughs> Laura, this has been so much fun. I mean, an absolute blast. What a way to start the day. I'm I know. I love this. I love it. <laughs> My guest today has been Laura Shoop. She stars in the play Powerhouse, which is currently running uh, through October 30th at ART New York Theaters at the Girl Theater. Um, you can get your tickets for more information at powerhouseplay.com or manhattanrep.com. And make sure you also follow Laura uh, on social media at the Laura Shoop uh, or check out her website, laurashoop.com. All of this information is going to be posted on the description of this episode and our social media. So Laura, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thank Um, you. This was so fun. Thank you both. Thank you. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies and keep your masks on and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you'll find all the information about our backstage pass. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do the show without you.